At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Scott Seidenberg here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. What the heck happened in Memphis? That is the question that I'm asking. That's the question that a lot of people are asking. NBA playoff action resumed here on Wednesday. We had game five between both the Celtics and the Bucks. We'll talk about that series plenty uh, with the Bucks having a big fourth quarter to beat the Celtics and take a three games to two series lead. And then the Warriors in their game five in Memphis had an opportunity to end this series. They were up three games to one. Only 13 teams in NBA history have come back and won a series after being down 3-1. to one. The Warriors were one of the teams that blew a 3-1 lead in recent history. That was in the NBA Finals against LeBron James and the Cavaliers. I thought the entire build-up to this game, I thought the Warriors were... A, a, the, the, the Grizzlies were a dead team. And it wasn't because I was disrespecting the Grizzlies, and although it might have come off that way. My handicap was that the Grizzlies had their best opportunity in Game 4. The Warriors were abysmal shooting from the field. And they fought, they contended, and they lost a close game. And they were tied late, couldn't get anything done. They lost. They played that without John Morant. And then you find out that Ja's not coming back, not just for this series, but doubtful to return at all for the remainder of the playoffs. And I thought that would negatively affect this Grizzlies team. That losing that close game with a chance to make it 2-2. Instead, you're down 3-1, staring in the face of something that is extremely rare in the NBA playoffs, coming back from 3-1 down to win a series, knowing that, yes, you have home court advantage, but you still have to go to San Francisco to play a game against the Warriors on their home floor. And even if you did get this win, 
the series would likely end in Game 6. And there's no John Morant coming here to save you. But like we saw in the regular season, this Grizzlies team, without John Morant, has magic to it. And I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but there was a reason this team was 20-5 and without Ja this season. And a lot of those losses came at the end of the year, at least three of them came at the end of the year where they, everyone was benched. So I almost throw those out. I think the real number is like 20-2 and two without John Morant in meaningful games, if you want to call it that. We know that their defensive rating is better. Their offensive rating is better. And it's crazy to say they are a better team without John Morant, but there's something to this. I'm not going to say that a team is better off without a closer because we didn't, we've seen them when they needed a closer in game four and they didn't have that one guy to go to. They fell apart and the Warriors pulled away and won that game. Tonight, they didn't need a closer because they started and finished it early. This was a 27-point game at the half. And it just seemed like the Warriors went into the locker room without their head coach, Steve Kerr, right? And they just said to themselves, you know what? We'll win it at home. No reason to tire ourselves out. No reason to run the risk of injury. We've got this cushion of being up three games to one. So we lose this game. We still got a 3-2 lead. We'll win this at home coming up on Friday. No sweat. And it showed in the second half. The lack of effort, the lack of intensity. Part of me thought at the half, okay, this is going to be one of those epic Warriors second halves, and this is going to be a collapse for the Grizzlies. And without a closer in John Morant at the end of the game, they're going to lose just like they did in game four. When the Warriors were down in the fourth quarter, they came back, they tied the game, then they took a lead, and in the final minute and a half or so, they outscored them. It was like 11-3, to three, and the only three came because of the uh, Desmond Bain, uh, not Desmond Bain, the Dylan Brooks half-court heave at the, at the buzzer. I was shocked at what I saw here. Contributions from every single player up and down the roster. Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones, and Desmond Bain combined for 63 points. The Warriors had 63 points, I think, in the third quarter as a team. And it was those three players that combined for those 63 points. At what at one point this game was 103 to 56. I I I'm I'm baffled. Absolutely baffled. The Warriors had 63 points with 51 seconds left in the third quarter. 
three players from Memphis combined to score 63 points. And then you got Milton had, Milton had 10, Zaire Williams had 11, Clark had 11, Brooks had 12. Yeah, contributions from everybody. Steven Adams with the 13 boards, the double big lineup working out tremendously. And for the Warriors, just not a good enough effort. Nothing seemed to work for them here. I mean, Jordan Poole was one of six from the field. Steph, four of ten. I mean, when does Steph Curry only shoot ten shots in a game? Well, when he only plays 25 minutes because this is a blowout, that's what happens. And really, just now, you look at the next game coming up on Friday. No spread is out for this game just yet. But I wonder what the line is going to be. Let me double check, see if I can get a refresher. All right, Warriors eight and a half. So that's an adjustment. Because the Warriors, when they were home for game number, what was it? Game game four, right? They No, game, was it game four? Yeah, it had to have been. Game four. They were nine and a half point favorites. Game three, they were seven point favorites. So nine and a half point favorites in game four. Now, after this game five and going and losing the way that they did, there's been a point adjustment in favor of of the Memphis Grizzlies. So instead of being a nine and a half point favorite, like they lined up here in game number four in San Francisco, now they are an eight and a half point favorite in San Francisco. Boy, if they lose that game, ah, we're going to start talking Warriors 3-1 lead, all that stuff all over again. This is, I mean, this is crazy. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Crazy. What a historic performance from the Memphis Grizzlies. And I, I'm, I, I don't know how to handicap this, this game coming up. I think that the Warriors are going to win. But I thought the Warriors would win tonight. And I'm just thinking, hey, the home teams have just been so good in these playoffs that can you really just bet against the home team? Now, I know the road team won big here or got a, got a big win, not won big, but got a big win in the Bucks over the Celtics. But right now in the NBA playoffs, home teams – are 16 and 4 straight up and 15 and 5 ATS in this current round. Overall 40 and 23 straight up, 33 and 30 against the spread. The zigzag is now 11 and 5 ATS in this round. The information according to uh, our guy Dave Tooley at View from Vegas on Twitter. Can you just ride with the home teams in the next games? The Bucs at home to close out the series over the Celtics, where they are a point-and-a-half favorite, which, again, would markets telling us that the Sixers, that the Celtics are the better team. And the Warriors, eight-and-a-half-point favorites over the Grizzlies. Coming up next, we'll be joined by our very own Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. We'll talk more about the NBA playoffs, get a little preview into tomorrow's games between the Heat and the Sixers, Mavericks and the Suns, and talk about those two first-place baseball teams. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zin Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zin, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations. Nationwide. Visit zin.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sandenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. Joining me now is Will Hill, our very own here at VCN. You also catch him hosting the New York City Cash presented by Bet Rivers. Follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill, but Will. We now have had, in the past two days, three blowouts in the NBA playoffs. None more shocking than what we saw in Memphis tonight with the Grizzlies over the Warriors. How much did that result catch you by surprise? Well, you didn't lay the 40 with Memphis? Uh, (laughs) I actually tweeted, I, I, I was surprised. I mean, look, I think we saw signs of this with Golden State the other night where they were just sleepwalking through the game. They turn it on late. I think they have a lack of respect for Memphis, especially without Morant. They get a little cocky. 
and they throw the ball around the gym. You see that in their turnover uh, numbers. Uh, I actually tweeted out Grizzlies plus 575 for the second half on the money line. Hey, you know, Golden State was clearly sleepwalking through this game, uh, and Memphis just kept pouring it on. So that was uh, a rare one where you can get plus 600 on the money line, plus 575, and never really have to sweat it. But, yeah, uh, pretty surprised it got that out of hand. I'm not shocked they lost. Look, it's only a what, three and a half, four point yeah. line. But uh, the way it happened, obviously, uh, hard to see that one coming. That's a great call on that second half money line because, to me, it felt like they went into the locker room and said, you know what, Steve Kerr's not there, so he's not giving any emotional pep talk. And they felt, we have game six at home in San Francisco, so let's just not kill ourselves here in the second half, and we'll chalk this one up. And that's exactly what it looked like in the second half. Yeah, and Mike Brown sitting there counting his money, getting ready for the Kings job, saying, I can't (laughs) believe somebody else gave me another job in the NBA. How long am I going to last with the Kings? I don't know how long of a deal he got, but uh, let's say it's a three- or four-year deal. I'm sure he'll be fired after two years and get to collect all of his money. So (laughs) he'll be able to live the dream. I I got the feeling, uh, take the under on Mike Brown and the Kings. That is not a relationship that's going to last. Now looking ahead to uh, game six on Friday, uh, how do you even handicap this? The Warriors are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, so there's been – a one-point adjustment from game four, the last home game, when they were nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Obviously, that was the first game without John Morant. Now we've seen two games without him, and it's a one-point adjustment in favor of the Grizzlies. Does that make sense to you? A little bit. I mean, what was Memphis, 20-3 and three without Ja in yeah, the regular season? It was 20-5, tw- they- but I don't count okay. three of those final losses because they benched everybody at the end of the yeah, season. Exactly. So I, I make it 20-2. and two. Yeah, that's the that's the number I thought I heard it was 22, 20 and three. Yeah. Uh, and look, they they almost won the other night. They really should have won it the other night without him in game five. Uh, and look, they were up three with the ball with you know what a minute twenty seconds left. They pretty much led most of the game, and then they dominate tonight. So uh, I do think some of the the numbers, some of the metrics defensively are much better for Memphis mm-hmm. without Morant. As great as he is, they do play a little better defense. You know, look, they can uh, you know play some some bigger lineups, muck it up a little, play well defensively. To me, I wouldn't be laying the eight and a half. I mean, Golden State, I would think we'd close them out, but the eight and a half, you know, it's either you're taking the points or a pass for me. Tomorrow's games, you got the Sixers looking to stave off elimination. They are two-point favorites at home. Mavericks are trying to do the same, but they are two-point dogs at home. Any leans on both of these games? Yeah, I like Philly. I mean, the easiest thing in the world would would be to sit here and say, oh, Miami won by 35, it's over. I, I think, you know, we can be prisoners of the moment both ways where, look, a team gets up, up 2-0, it feels over. Then the other team comes back, it's 2-2. Well, they have the momentum. Sometimes it's just game to game. You know, the old zigzag theory, who's home, who's more desperate. Uh, I think Philly qualifies here. It, it's amazing. You know, it's 3-2. I think it'll be 3-3 after tomorrow. Really haven't had too many close games. Everyone's just kind of dominated at home. I would think Philly... Um, you know, gets it done tomorrow. I do think they have some advantages here. You know, Miami fouls a lot. Philly's good at getting to the line. I think he can kind of throw out that game yesterday that got away from him. Uh, again, that'll be a, a desperate Philly team, a team that's played well at home here. So hopefully we get a game seven. Haven't had one yet in the playoffs. I and mean, we've had a classic series, Boston and Milwaukee. What was just an unbelievable game early earlier. I'm still kind of in shock in terms of how that game unfolded, but uh, hopefully we get some game sevens. I do think we'll get one Philly and Miami. Let me talk to you about the two first-place teams in Major League Baseball, the team with the best record in the National League, the New York Mets, the team with the best record in the American League, the New York Yankees. Are we feeling like it's 2,000 all over again here, Will? 
Well, the Dodgers might have something to say about it. And <laughs> look, if you get the best record, you can avoid that extra round of playoffs. You got to people, you know, betting baseball futures have to remember now uh, you got an extra round here, two out of three. Then you go to the division round, then the LCS, then the World Series. Now, if you got a top two record in the league, you go right to the best of five, which helps. I just think, boy, you're adding a lot of playoff teams, a lot of extra rounds here. But uh Boy, look, it's it's hard to you know sit here and predict what what's going to happen five months from now in a short series in October. But uh, the Mets are certainly built for the playoffs. Hopefully, they can get a, a healthy Degrom back to go with Degrom and Bassett and McGill, who I know didn't pitch well tonight. And the Yankees, you know, they got the recipe too. I don't trust Chapman at the end of these games. I don't know how their lineup holds up. You know, against a good right-handed pitcher, they're a little right-handed heavy, a little home run dependent. But uh, they got a great bullpen. They're a lot better defensively. So. Um, these teams are in it for the long haul. I do think they're going to run away with the divisions, both these teams. The Yankees pitching staff has just been absolutely really incredible to start the season. I mean, who could have you could have predicted, yeah, okay, maybe Garrett Cole, but even though even he got off to a, a rough start, but it's from top to bottom, this rotation, and Nestor Cortez is a legit Cy Young candidate right now. Yeah, he's he's gone from being a fun story to a legitimate, you know, ace-ish type pitcher. I mean, he does it unconventionally, so he doesn't feel like an ace. You mm-hmm. know, he's throwing 89, 91 miles an hour, but a lot of it's cutters. He changes speed, very deceptive. Changes arm uh, angles all the time, too. He does. Yeah, changes speed of delivery. There's different ways to get guys out, which, you know, it's fun in this day and age because we don't see a lot of that. These guys are, you know, sort of cookie cutter. They're all trained the same way. Throw a ball 100 miles an hour. You don't get the funky motions, the Dontrell Willis's. Uh, of yesteryear, so to speak. So it, it's fun to watch him pitch, and you're right. The pitching's been outstanding. I mean, it's been really mm-hmm. good. Now, you know, the naysayer could say, you know what, everyone's pitching's been good. Nobody hits. The OPS <laughs> throughout baseball is just so bad. Uh, and the Yankees, they have had a pretty easy schedule. It's been a lot of the Royals and the Guardians and the Tigers and, you know, six games against Baltimore, who is a little bit improved, but it's still Baltimore. But uh, look, this Yankees team is really good. And I think you look at Toronto, who's probably their chief competition. Maybe Tampa emerges here. Ta- uh, Toronto has not been good. That was a lot of teams, a lot of people's, you know, it pick, a lot of people's yeah. pick to win the division, go to the World Series. They just have not been impressive. The pitching's been shaky. You know, you never really trust their bullpen. Uh, look, they got Guerrero and Springer and Bichette in the lineup, but that team, to me, has looked pretty flawed here. You're looking at the Yankees lining up here on uh, Thursday in a series uh, opener with the White Sox, where they're actually underdogs. Lewis Heel is back, and he was uh, a, a nice fill-in last season. Um, he'll get the start against Dylan Cease, who has been absolutely lights out. Am I just a sucker for thinking Yankees as an underdog is just too good to pass up? Or should I really respect the pitching matchup here? Uh, I like the Yankees here. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna pay to find out. I'm gonna pay to you know answer that question for you. I like, <laughs> like you said, Heal did a good job last year. His stuff was incredible. You know, walked a few too many guys, but he was really tough to hit. I was kind of hoping he'd steal a spot in the opening, uh, you know, rotation, the starting five. But he, he really is just, you know, who could you bump? Tyone is pretty solid. Uh, Montgomery's good, like you said. Cortez, Cole, Severino's not going anywhere. So. Uh, maybe he emerges as a uh, you know a short relief guy down the stretch, but his stuff is just incredible. So, you know, like you said, if this game, if, if you get into a battle of the bullpens here, Yankees have the advantage here, plus money. Uh, I don't know how you pass on the Yankees here, plus one twenty-five on the money line. I would agree because it, you just said it. Get into the bullpens. You know, yeah. the, the White Sox bullpen's been awful. And, you know, Dylan Cease has been great. He's certainly uh, pitching like a Cy Young contender right now. But you get he knock him out of the game. And then you got you got the White Sox bullpen against the Yankees bullpen, and there's a clear edge. I'll give you a free pick for tomorrow with the New York Mets, who are facing 
one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball in Yohan Adon. Mets run line, Mets team total, Mets first five minus a half. Book it, book it, book it, Will. All right, I, I'm down. That it doesn't scare you the day game, early start. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I, I don't. I look. I don't love Walker here. Walker was bad his last outing. He was terrible the second half last year. After he made the All Star game, it's funny. I had over ten and a half wins with him. Don't ask me why. I don't even know why. <laughs> he had ten. Made the All Star team at the All Star break. Never won a game the rest of the year. He was batting practice. Had a seven something ERA. But uh, I would agree. I don't think this Mets team has lost a series yet. So uh, tomorrow would be the first. I think they'll come out motivated. They, that was a bad loss tonight. You know, to be up three nothing right away and to just get you know blown out like that. That was a bad loss. So uh, I'll tell with you, you know what? We'll, we'll wake up. We'll, we'll cash some tickets early on. The, the worst pitcher in barrel percentage, hard hit, everything XWOBA in the league, Yoan Adon, a guy who should still be in the minors. Will, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with your bets. Let's cash with the Mets tomorrow. Let's We'll play them in multiple ways, all right? <laughs> We're going to do it. Appreciate it, man. There he is. All right, see you. Will Hill, check out the New York City cast presented by Bet Rivers and follow Will on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. This is The Look Ahead here on VC. VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. We were just joined by Will Hill, who hosts the New York City cast. And coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by uh, Ryan Rothstein, who uh, hosts the Philadelphia City cast. So we're going from city to city here on the look ahead. Obviously, the Sixers have a big game coming up tomorrow. Uh, wanted to just recap what went down in Major League Baseball here on uh, Wednesday. Early on, we gave out some plays on the VSIN Daily Best Bets from Hosts page. Uh, and if you guys aren't, you know, checking this out, first of all, you get it in your email every day in your subscriber email. And there's also a link there where you can click on it and access the live document that updates throughout the day with all of the picks from hosts, uh, guests, etc. And um, if you just go to the vcin.com homepage, scroll down to quick links, and you can click on daily best bets from hosts and just click on the day of the week, and you'll get all of the plays from, like I said, hosts and guests here on the network, and it updates throughout the day. Uh, first play we had was the first five in the uh, Brewers and the Reds to go over and it went over in the second inning. <laughs> Almost went over in the first inning. The Reds scoring four in the first inning, three in the second inning. Milwaukee responded with three in the third, one in the fourth. This one winds up being 14-11 final. The Reds win once again over the Brewers. And now you look at the overs for the Cincinnati Reds. This is the best over team in Major League Baseball. Overall, Cincinnati is 21-9-1 to the over, 
but at home this year, they are 11-3 and to the over at home, which is just incredible. Um, actually, it might be 12-3. and I don't know if that's updated right now. Let's see. They are at home this year. The Reds, yeah, they've played 14 games, so 11-3 and is correct. All right, there we go. 11-3 and three to the over at home this season. The best over team in Major League Baseball. And just looking right now at the StatCast ballpark factors from last season, okay? So this is from um, 2020 to 2021, right? We are seeing that the... The biggest hitters ballparks, Camden Yards was the best, and obviously that has changed this year because of, um, well, actually, no, Coors Field was the best and from 2019 to 2021, so it's three years. So we're looking at a three-year span. In the past three years, Coors Field, the best hitters ballpark, Fenway, the second best hitters ballpark, and then Great American Ballpark. Cincinnati, the third best hitting ballpark in baseball over the last three seasons. They are now 11-3 and to the over at home. Our next pick was the uh, Yankees' money line over the Blue Jays. Felt that there was a pitching advantage with uh, Jameson Tyone against Jose Barrios, who has struggled this season, and also in the bullpens where the Yankees had Clay Holmes and Aroldis Chapman fresh and available to go, and they have been absolutely tremendous this season. Uh, Clay Holmes has an ERA of .55. He goes the, um, the, uh, what do you have? He went the eighth inning, I guess? Or, yeah, he pitched the eighth inning, a scoreless eighth inning, or actually he came in in the seventh. So he pitched one and two-thirds innings, uh, did not allow a hit, struck out one batter, did not walk a guy. Aroldis Chapman came in in the ninth. He gave up one run, and that was in, on a, and he walked a guy, struck out a guy. So the first run allowed by Aroldis Chapman this season came in the bottom, uh, or excuse me, the top of the ninth inning. The Yankees were up five to two going into that top of the ninth inning, and then Chapman, uh, to start the inning, he actually um, gave up a double to Espinal, then a wild pitch, followed by a walk, sacrifice fly, strike out, pop out. So he made it fun, he made it interesting, but the Yankees got the victory, and largely in part due to the runs that they scored early off of Barrios, and then yes, the bullpen did have the edge. Uh, we had the Marlins and Diamondbacks in the first five innings under four runs, and it was a tremendous pitching matchup between Merrill Kelly, who's been lights out this season, and Sandy Alcantara, who is also just a stud of a pitcher for the Marlins. The Marlins, they really developed their pitchers. I mean, you look at that pitching staff, Rogers, Lopez, Al- Alcantara. I mean, it, it is just amazing. But anyway, this one was scary early. As in the top of the first inning, Joey Wendell hit a two-run home run. And now I'm thinking, uh-oh, this, this over's dead. Then Merrill Kelly gives up another run in the top of the second inning. And once again, I'm thinking, all right, the under's dead. 
The Diamondbacks get a solo home run in the bottom of the third. And there was the four runs. And now we were just hoping for a push. And that's exactly what we got as both starting pitchers settled in. Did not allow any more runs. So Alcantara goes seven innings, allows just one run on two hits. Merrill Kelly goes five innings, allows the three runs on seven hits. And then uh, some runs added in the eighth inning for the Diamondbacks, who uh, tied the game at three. And then in the top of the ninth, just an explosion of offense from the Marlins, who scored eight runs in the top of the ninth inning. They hit two homers in the inning, and uh, they go on to win 11-3. to So that's why you take the first five. Don't leave it up to the bullpens. And, uh, yeah, good start there from both those starting pitchers. So we were 2-0-1 in the early slate. And then the play of the day came around at night. The Tampa Bay Rays at small plus money. It's like plus 102. You could have gotten it better throughout the day. It was like plus one. The highest I saw was plus 117. And then it was just going down and going down. Uh, I think once the lineup was announced and Mike Trout and Ward were not in the lineup, I think people started to buy in on the Rays. Um, The situational spots are real. Situational handicapping is just as important as, in my opinion at least, as handicapping, you know, stats and numbers and data and all that. The situation here for the Angels was twofold. One, the Angels pitched a no-hitter. And teams coming off of a no-hitter. We did the research last night, and it showed that the last 10 teams to toss a no-hitter, the last 10 teams to toss a no-hitter, the following day scored an average of 3.7 runs. And those numbers were actually skewed because of one game where the Brewers scored 11 runs. So if you take that game out, it's only 26 runs in nine games. Seven of the 10 teams to throw a no-hitter in the last two years have scored two runs or fewer in their, in their next day's game. So, I was already going to fade the Angels based on that. Then, you take a look at the calendar. And if you're not doing this, I suggest you look at these spots. The Angels played, they were about to play their 19th game in 19 days. They had not had an off day since April 21st. 19 straight days of baseball games. And tomorrow is an off day for the Angels. A team just waiting for the off day, looking forward to the off day, sits Mike Trout for rest. That just tells you they were waiting for the off day. 
Shane McClanahan strikes out 11 in seven shutout innings. This was a 2-0 game. Angels hit a two-run home run, Tyler Ward did, coming into pinch hit in the bottom of the eighth. And thankfully, the Rays got the win 4-2. 3-0 in one day. Feel good about it. Let's talk some NBA playoff action coming up next. Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia CityCast, joins us coming up next here on The Look Ahead here on Visa. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Joining us now is the host of the Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. He is Ryan Rothstein. And Ryan, Philly gets blown out in game number five. They trail three games to two, return home, and hope to stave off elimination, can they take a little bit of confidence from what we saw in Memphis tonight with the Grizzlies to give them a little bit of a boost going up against Miami tomorrow? I I hope so. I mean, I hope they were all watching and they're saying, all right, okay. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If 
the Warriors can get the break speed off them, so can we. You know, and all is well. I, I think the only difference, Golden State had a 3-1 series lead, and now they're going back home with another opportunity to close out the Morantless Memphis Grizzlies. So not apples to apples, but uh, heck, Scott, I, I sure as uh, sure as hell hope it is uh, because the 76ers just gave us nothing if we're just going to look back to game five uh, it, to give us hope for this game six. As you mentioned, I was listening before I jumped on, the home versus away uh, statistics and betting, betting statistics in the NBA playoffs, especially this round, it's been it's been unbelievable. So banking on that, too. Yeah, and the one thing, though, that does concern me is what we saw from James Harden in that Game 4 win was the outlier. What we saw from him in Game 5 was more like what we've seen from him this entire playoffs, and that is a player that is a shell of himself and not capable of contributing at the level he needs to contribute in order for this team to be successful. Can James Harden turn back the clock one more time in your mind, and does he have to in order for the Sixers to win this game? I knew you were going to go here. I was waiting for it, Scott. Um, the Harden jersey is still on the way. You will be getting a Sixers Harden jersey, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, you're right, though. You're right. Uh, game Game four was the outlier, but to answer your question, the Sixers don't need that James Harden. I think it's really nice that he gave him a game like that, 30-plus points. But like, let's look at Harden's statistics for a second uh, in this series. He's averaging 20 points per game. He's averaging seven rebounds. He's averaging seven assists. I mean, his numbers are not, like, disgusting. Uh, he's just not the guy that he was when he won the MVP award. And that's okay. Uh, this team, when they've won, particularly in this series against the Heat, they've shot lights out from three, 48.5% from three in games three and four. Uh, and they've been shooting abysmal. They haven't been doing much of any shooting in Miami. Uh, games that include 20%, 17%, 24% from three. So they need to shoot the ball better from uh, beyond the arc. They've been doing that in Philadelphia. And they need to just they need to figure it out defensively because Jimmy Butler is just doing whatever he wants, uh, quite literally so far throughout this entire series, averaging 33 points in the last three. How um, how worried or concerned are you with Joel Embiid after especially after he took that inadvertent shot to the face and went down? You know, he's dealing with a ton of pain do you think that that leads him to play a little more cautiously in this game? Absolutely. Uh, he's been playing cautious since he came back. Uh, I mean, go look at the box scores. Go look at the film. Whatever you want to look at, it, it's not the Joel Embiid that we saw prior to the head, shoulders, knees, and toes all going out on him here. Uh, blacked out with a concussion, a broken face, and a torn ligament in his shooting hand. I mean, my goodness. The people that were saying he was pouting uh, after that game five, I'm going on a rant here now, but uh, are just absurd. I mean, the dude's an absolute warrior, but uh, I rewatched the first half uh, of the last game and Harden and Embiid, they've been running about 20 pick and rolls a game in all of their games, including the regular season playing together. Embiid is just popping on every single one of those because he doesn't have the energy or the health 
to be rolling into the lane right now. And that allows Miami's defense to, uh, you know, make up ground pretty easily. So long answer, he doesn't have enough right now. He is nowhere close to 100%. And that's certainly concerning. Is this game accurately priced with the Sixers as a two-point favorite? I think so. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, you look at the last game, it was pretty much flipped. 76ers getting two and a half to three and a half, depending on when and where you looked. Uh, and that's basically been the case throughout this entire series, uh, flip-flopping, depending on who's home, who's away. 76ers have been lights out at home, so have Miami. Uh, and honestly, I know game five is concerning for any Philadelphia potential backers and 76ers fans, but uh, I'm hoping that's an outlier. And the, the way this series has been playing out, uh, i.e. who's been at home, I think that's going to continue in game six. Would you go over or under the posted total of 207? I've been playing unders. Uh, yeah. If I've been playing the total, I'm either playing the under or I'm staying away from it. I mean, uh, there has been some lights out shooting at times, uh, depending on the game so far in this series. But overall, this series is a heavyweight, ugly fight. Um, so I just don't feel comfortable taking the over. I'll probably stay away from the total uh, for game six. I'm liking the 76ers, not only just to cover, but uh, I'm, I'm backing them to send this thing back to Miami. Brian, the Philadelphia Phillies take two of three from Seattle. They will continue their West Coast trip now with four games in L.A. Uh, what do they need to do in order for this to be a successful road trip? Well, basically everything they have been doing, just do the complete opposite. Uh, <laughs> and that should set them up for success. <laughs> I mean, dude, they're a joke. Um, you know, and, and I say that, that's just my Philly fan and me coming out. But um, the, the bats are there at times. Hoskins hits a grand slam in Seattle yesterday, now here on the East Coast. Uh, he has three straight homers in the last three games. So his bat's picking up a little bit. Schwarber has six homers. I think Harper has six homers. Castellanos has five or six. So the power is there. We all know the potential this lineup has. Can they get consistency from the starting rotation, i.e. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler needs to get back to his old self as well. The defense needs to be a little bit better. Uh, and, and the bullpen has been better if we're comparing it to, to uh, previous seasons. But uh, still not not good enough if we're going to talk about the playoffs and this Phillies team. So a lot, a lot, Scott, needs to happen, especially against this Dodgers team. Do you see Bryson Stott getting more run here at shortstop over Didi? I would like so. I, I would like I would like that to happen, I should say, but I don't think so uh, because of the manager, Joe Girardi. I just don't think um, that's going to be something he wants to do frequently, but if the kid can can play his way into it and continue to take advantage of opportunities, uh, I, I don't see why not. Yeah, 14 and 17, not exactly the start that the Phillies were looking for this season. Although, uh, listen, I don't think they're going to get swept out in L.A., so they might give you some plus money value in one of these games. Uh, I was looking here real quick, the line for tomorrow. They're only plus 130 because they have the edge probably in Zach Wheeler against Tyler Anderson. Don't know if I can pull the trigger on that, though, just yet. Yeah, I mean, I'll help you. I, I would say don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not do it. If anything, 
Uh, I mentioned the bullpen struggles and late game situations. Maybe look at Philly's first five. I saw at Bet Rivers, it was right around plus 105. If you think Wheeler can, uh, you know, can be the Wheeler of hold and and keep it, keep it low scoring and keep the Phillies in it. Ryan, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Continue the great work. We'll be listening to the CityCast. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it, man. There he is, Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia CityCast for us. Presented by Bet Rivers. You can listen to that. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. What an exciting night in the Stanley Cup playoffs that we had here on Wednesday. We got favorites winning and covering the puck line, including the blue shirts avoiding elimination. Thank you very much. This is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.